Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So, if you have ventured outside of Stockdale, maybe to San Antonio or pretty much other, any other city in the country, at some point in time you may have eaten at Chick-fil-A, Amen. which, yeah, the Lord's chicken, right? Chick-fil-A, man, that, that would really hit the spot right now, wouldn't it? Yeah, spicy deluxe chicken sandwich. I could go for that right now. Unfortunately, this is not the day to get Chick-fil-A because it's Sunday and they're closed. So sorry to disappoint anyone. But this is what I've noticed. Every time I go to Chick-fil-A, it it seems like their drive-thru is always just packed out with people. But, But no matter how many people are in that drive-thru, I'll get in that line, and it seems like I make it through in only five minutes. And, and part of this is because they have streamlined their system. They have more than just the, the speaker and the menu that you pull up to to place your order. They have employees standing out in the drive-thru line with iPads, and they take your order, and, and they'll take your payment right in the drive-thru line. And so all of this makes for just a, a better Uh, quick service, fast service experience. And and maybe maybe Chick-fil-A is so good at what they do because of the mission that they have that guides them. So this is Chick-fil-A's mission statement, to be America's best quick service restaurant at winning and keeping customers. Their desire is to be America's best quick service restaurant at winning and keeping customers. This is who Chick-fil-A is. So a couple of weeks ago, we launched into a new series titled, Who We Are. And so as we're walking through this this series, we're looking at our own mission statement. We're looking at the different facets of our mission statement. We are a community church with a kingdom mission. And what that means is that we are a church that's located here in the community of Stockdale. and, And we want to love our community. We want to serve our community But it also means that we ourselves are a community of believers. That's what a church body is. We are a community of believers. And so we are made up of many different individuals. But as we are made up of of different individuals, as this community of believers, it's not our own individual missions that guide us. Rather, it's one mission that's rooted in his word and his kingdom that guides us as a church body. So let me pause right here and remind you of this overarching truth that I'm wanting you to walk away with during this series. As a church, it is Christ who unites us, and it is a mission rooted and grounded not in our own ideologies, but in his word and in his kingdom that moves us forward in one direction together. And so the kingdom mission that this community of believers, that this body of believers here at First Baptist Church Stockdale has adopted is to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. And as we think about Chick-fil-A's mission statement, I would say that just from a glance, 
it seems that they are living out who they say they are. I, I would say that they are doing a good job of modeling who they say they are. They, they're doing a good job of being a quick service restaurant and, and at winning and keeping customers, which by the way, Chick-fil-A is not a sponsor this morning. <laughs> but if you're watching Chick-fil-A and you wanna be, you can send those spicy chicken sandwiches to 202 South 7th Street. It's clear to me though, that they are living out their mission statement. They are modeling this mission statement in their lives. And so as I think about our own mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, I think if people outside of this church, if people outside of this congregation, if they were to hear our mission statement, would they hear that mission statement and know, oh yeah, that's First Baptist Church Stockdale. Would they hear that mission statement and say, it's clear that that is who they are, no doubt, because they are living that mission statement out. They are modeling that in their lives, not just, not just when they come together on Sunday mornings, but also as individuals when we go out from this place, that we are modeling this in our lives, in, in the workplaces, in our schools, in our community, that we are modeling this mission statement. Now, for the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the first part of our mission statement, to love, and, and we've talked about how how as church members here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, when we say we are called to love, we're not saying that we're called to love anything and everything, but we're saying that we are called to love God and we are called to love others. So this morning, we're going to move into this second part of our mission statement. We're going to be talking about that word grow. And, and, and specifically, we're going to be talking about our call, our call as believers and our, our call as members of this church to be growing spiritually. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 10 through 17 today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Now, as you're turning there, let me say this about the book of Timothy. The book of Timothy is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Timothy was a, a younger man that that Paul met in one of his earlier missionary journeys. And so Paul and Timothy, they became friends. And Paul began to mentor Timothy. Paul began to pour into Timothy's life so that, so that Paul could help Timothy to grow in his walk with Christ, to grow spiritually. So as we think about this relationship that Paul and Timothy had, let me pause right here and ask this question. Whose life are you pouring into and who is pouring into your life? Whose life are you pouring into and who is pouring into your life? And, and this is an important question to ask because as we think about this call for us to, to grow spiritually, understand spiritual growth does not happen on its own. Spiritual growth does not happen on its own. So Earlier this week, our, our worship minister, Becky, she shared a post on Facebook that I got a real kick out of. The title of this post was, Substitutes for a Healthy Diet. This is what it said. Instead of pasta, you can substitute that for zucchini. Instead of chips, you can, you can try carrots. Instead of milk, substitute that for almond milk. Instead of rice, try cauliflower. Instead of butter... You're going to substitute that for sadness. <laughs> mm. 
Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, yeah. <laughs> Instead of cheese, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> And instead of tacos, well, this is stupid. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So as we think about getting healthier or as we think about maybe even losing weight, this is something that we, we like the idea of doing, right? We like the idea of getting healthy. We like the idea of losing weight. But many times we don't want to do what's necessary. We, we don't want to do what it takes in order for us to get healthy, in order for us to, to lose weight. And so as much as we might want getting healthy or losing weight to happen on its own, the reality is, is that getting healthy and losing weight just doesn't happen on its own. If we're going to do that, we have to be intentional in our efforts. So in the same way, spiritual growth does not happen on its own. If we are going to grow spiritually, we have to be intentional. And I think many times we like the idea of growing spiritually. We like the idea of maybe growing in our walks with Christ. But many times we're not always disciplined enough. We, we don't always do what it takes for us to actually grow spiritually, for, for us to go deeper in our walks with Christ. But if we want to grow spiritually then the reality is is that we have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen on its own. We have to be intentional. And so one of the things that, that we can do intentionally in our desire to grow, just like Timothy had Paul, we can find a more mature believer that can pour into our lives, that, that can help us grow in our walks with Christ. But also, as we grow spiritually then we can begin pouring into other people's lives. This is what discipleship is. This is what God has called us to as the church, to make disciples. Discipleship is having someone that's pouring into our life, but then taking that and pouring into someone's, someone else's life as we grow. So who's pouring into your life and whose life are you pouring into? Timothy had Paul pouring into his life, and because of that, Timothy was able to to grow spiritually. So the portion of this letter that we're looking at today is somewhat of a charge from Paul to Timothy. Paul was at a place in his life that he was in prison, and he thought, you know what, I very well could die in here. And so he gives this charge to Timothy, this, this individual that he has been mentoring this individual that that he has been been raising up and so he gives this charge to him so that he will continue to grow so that he will continue to stand firm in the things that he has already learned as well so let's read second timothy chapter 3 verses 10 through 17 says but you have followed my teaching conduct purpose faith patience love and endurance along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed." You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you 
have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may complete, may be complete, equipped for every good work. So as we look at this passage today, we're going to camp out in verses 16 and 17, but before we do that, I want to point out what, what Paul is talking about in the first three verses, in verses 11 through 13. In those few verses, Paul is reminding Timothy that, that even though he's a believer, he's still going to face hardships in this life. That, that even as a believer, he's still going to be persecuted. He, he's still going to have to endure suffering. Listen, if you believe that in coming to Christ that you're never going to face another hardship, that you're not going to endure suffering, that, that you're not going to have to go through any hardships in this life, then you have believed a lie. Because coming to Christ isn't about what is removed from our life. It's about what we receive into our life. Coming to Christ isn't about what is removed from our life. It's about what we receive into our life. Because when we come to Christ, Christ doesn't remove every single hardship. He doesn't remove all of the suffering moments. He doesn't remove the, these persecutions that, that we endure. What he gives us, though, is himself. When we come to Christ, Jesus gives us himself. And in receiving Jesus into our life, he gives us his strength to endure those hardships. It's not that those hardships are going to be removed, but in Jesus, now we have the strength to endure those suffering moments, those hardships when we face them. But not only does he talk about persecutions, not only does he talk about suffering moments, hardships that, that we're going to face as believers, he also says, look, there's going to be evil people, evil imposters in this world that, that are, are deceiving and they themselves are being deceived. What he's doing is he's, he's talking about false teachers. And so as he gives this reminder to Timothy that, that there will be persecutions, that there will be suffering moments, and, and that there will be false teachers in this world and false teachings in this world, he gives this charge to Timothy to continue to grow and, and to continue to stand firm in what he has already learned and so in the same way, the reality is, is that you and I will face hardships in this life. We will face persecution in this life, and we will come across false teachings. And in the world of social media that we live in, there is a larger platform for false teachers and false teachings than, than ever before that, that, can, uh, that give easy access into our homes and into our lives. And so we have to be alert. We have to be aware and we need to be growing spiritually. And so just as, as Paul gave this charge to Timothy to, to continue to grow spiritually, to grow spiritually in his walk with Christ, as your pastor, I would issue that same charge to you today. If you are a member here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, then, then I would give you a charge to be growing spiritually because we will endure hardships. We will face persecutions. And we will come across false teachings in this life. And so we want to be growing 
spiritually. And so if we are going to grow spiritually, then there are three things that I want to talk about in these verses 16 and 17 today. So first, spiritual growth begins with God's word. Spiritual growth begins with God's word. Understand, spiritual growth does not begin with your own opinions about who God is. It doesn't begin with witty Facebook posts. It, it doesn't begin with, with the, the daily news. It doesn't begin with what your friends or your family think. Spiritual growth begins with God's word. If we want to know what God says, then we have to turn to his word. If we want to walk in a relationship with him, if we want to grow in a relationship with him, then we have to turn to his word. And let's read the first part of verse 16 again. It says, all scripture is inspired by God. Now that's the way the CSB translates it. But I really like the way the, the NIV and the ESV translate this because I, I, I feel like the NIV and the ESV really capture the heart of what this verse is saying. This is what it says in the NIV and ESV. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And so there are a couple of things that I want to say about this image that, that we have whenever we hear those words. All scripture is God-breathed. First, God's word is God's breath breathed out to write a message to us. God's word is God's breath breathed out to write a message to us. So one of the things that I remember doing when I was growing up, and maybe you remember doing the same thing, on a cold day, if I was riding in the car with my parents, I would I would breathe out onto the window, and, and it would leave that fogginess, that residue on the window. And then in that fogginess, in that residue, I could write a message out for my parents. Maybe I would write, I heart you in that fogginess, right? Write a message out for my parents to see at some point. Now, the problem with that is that that message would not last. Eventually, it would dry up, or it would fade, or it would have to be wiped away. But I want you to hear this. God's word, the Bible, is his very breath breathed out for us to write a message for us. And, and his, his very breath has left this message for all to read. And the good thing about God's word is that it never fades, it never dries up, and it can never be wiped away. Because God's breath is eternal, God's word is eternal eternal. So God's word is God's breath breathed out for a second. God's word is his breath of life. So it was in 1960 that CPR was first used. And even in 1960, it wasn't used on a person. The first time that it was used was on a dog. And so it was tested for a couple of years, and then in 1962, the individuals that had been testing out CPR, they released a training video called The Pulse of Life so that, so that everyone else could begin using this artificial form of ventilation to save lives. Here's the reality. Without breath, we can't survive. Without breath, we can't survive. Without oxygen, flowing in and out of our lungs, we cannot survive. 
So as we think about God's word, God's word is the pulse of life for believers. God's word is the pulse of life for believers. And so without his breath in our lives, as believers, we cannot survive spiritually. So let me pause right here and ask an important question. Are you letting God breathe his breath into your life? Are you letting God breathe his breath into your life? Are you purposefully and intentionally taking the time to to pour God's word into your life more than just on Sunday mornings? Even if you come to that first hour of Bible study and stick around for church, we're talking two, three hours up here. And so if we think about breathing, if we were just to try and breathe for only three hours a week, guess what? We're only going to be alive for three hours and we're gone, right? And yet as believers, many times that's what we limit ourselves to with God's breath, with God's word. We limit ourselves to to maybe one, maybe two, maybe three hours a week, and we try to survive on that all week long. Listen, the study of God's word is vital for our lives. It is the pulse of life for our lives. And so if you would say that you feel like you're struggling as a believer, you feel like you're floundering as a believer, then I would ask you that question again. Are you letting God breathe his breath into your life? Here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, As we talk about and as we pursue spiritual growth, understand for us it all begins with God's word. We are going to turn to his word if we want to grow in our walk and our relationship with him. So let me just pause right here and and talk about what we have begun calling our, our small group Bible studies this year. And I've been sending emails out about this, but begin I've begun letting you know this. But, but this year, I have begun to call our small groups growth groups. Now, in the past, these small group ministries have been called uh, Sunday school. Very familiar with that term. And then uh, a few years ago, this church updated that to small groups. But I've begun calling these groups growth groups because I want to intentionally communicate the purpose of these groups. When we come together to, to study God's word together, what, what's going to happen is we're going to grow. Now, there, there's a couple of ways that we grow. First, we're going to grow in our relationship with others. When, when you're in a group like that and you're looking at God's word together and, and you're coming together each week faithfully, inevitably, you're going to grow in your relationships with others. Some of you have seen the, the different people that have come to visit us from First Baptist Wataga. And I believe that's more than just because I was serving at the church up there. I believe that that's because of the growth groups that we were connected in up there. We were weekly building relationships with others in these groups. We, we stood by each other's side in, in hard times. We were there for each other. And so we, we grew in these relationships, the, these bonds that we still have to this day. And so my desire is that as we go to these growth groups, as we participate in these growth groups, that we're going to grow in our relationships with each other. But mo- most importantly, when we come to these growth groups and we look at God's word, 
we're going to grow in our relationship with him. We're going to grow deeper in our walks with him as we study his word. And so if you're not currently plugged into a growth group on Sunday mornings, then let me encourage you, get plugged in. Every Sunday at 9.45 a.m., we have a group for children, for youth, for men, for women, for, for adults, co-ed. We have a place for everyone to get plugged into, to look at God's word together so that we can grow in relationships with others and so that we can grow in our walk with Christ, so that we can grow spiritually. Spiritual growth begins with God's word. Second, spiritual growth produces authenticity. Spiritual growth produces authenticity. Let's look at the entirety of verse 16 now. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching and rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Spiritual growth produces authenticity. So a few years back at our church up in Wataga, we, we decided to start a church softball team. There were different churches that, that had uh, that, that had teams, and so there, there was this league that we could join up in and, and play softball. And so I thought, you know, this will be a great opportunity for me to build some relationships with people, and so I decided that I was going to join the softball team. And, and as we got closer to that first game, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to be on the softball team, I need to look the part. And so I went to Academy, and I bought those baseball pants and, and a baseball belt and some cleats, and, and I paired that with our team jersey that we had. I looked at myself in the mirror, and I thought, man, I look like a baseball player. I look good, right? And then that, the night came. It was the first game, and I got out there, and I got put on the team as the catcher. And, and the game began, and I quickly learned I am terrible at softball. I may have looked the part, I may have dressed the part, but I was far from authentic. You see, I had never been trained. I had never played on a team. I had never made those mistakes. I had never gone through those challenges out on the field and had a coach correct me to teach me how to play softball. And so while I had all the right clothes, I was far from authentic. You see, authenticity is not looking the part. Authenticity is truly becoming the part. Authenticity is not looking the part. Authenticity is truly becoming the, the part. So let me pause and ask a tough question and, and just look into your own hearts and be honest with yourself. Are you authentic in your walk with Christ? Are you authentic in your walk with Christ because far too often, and, and I'm not pointing any fingers in this church, this is just a, a general statement, but far too often in churches across America, it, churches are filled with people that, that look the part. They know how to dress. They sound the part. They know the right things to say. They've learned that the, the correct answer in Sunday school and in our growth groups is Jesus, right? We know the right things to say on Sunday mornings. And so we've learned how to look the part. We've learned how to sound the part. Unfortunately, we are far from the part because we have not allowed ourselves to be trained and equipped in God's word. We're not diving into his word beyond just Sunday mornings, allowing his word to be poured into our lives so that we can 
go through those challenges and, and have his word correct us and rebuke us and train us in righteousness, we have not allowed ourselves to be equipped. So you, are you authentic in your walk with Christ? And, and if you aren't authentic, then there's another word for that. It's a tough word to hear, and that word is hypocrite. Are you authentic or are you a hypocrite? Understand, here at First Baptist Stockdale, it's my desire as your pastor that, one, we would not be hypocrites, myself included. I don't want to be a hypocrite. But also that we would not be producing hypocrites, but that we would be producing authentic followers of Jesus Christ. That's my desire, that as we go to God's word together, as we study God's word here in this building, but also in our own lives, that we would be growing as authentic followers of Jesus Christ. So spiritual growth begins with God's word, and spiritual growth produces authenticity. Finally this morning, spiritual growth results in action. Spiritual growth results in action. Let's read verses 16 and 17 again. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. And that goes for the woman of God, too. Spiritual growth results in action. You see, as we turn to God's word... And as we allow for God's word to, to be poured into our lives, as we grow in his word, what's happening as we, is we are being equipped. But understand, as we are equipped by God's word, the next step is action. The next step is to get to work. So as we think about our own mission statement here at First Baptist Stockdale, love, grow, serve, go. Understand, it all starts with loving God. It all springs forth from our love from God. And as we love God, this produces obedience in our lives. And so we begin to love others. But then it also produces this desire in our lives to grow. Because we love God, we want to grow in our relationship with God. And so we turn to his word. And as we grow, then we are called to action. And so those final two words in our mission statement are action words, serve and go. Because as we grow, as we go deeper in God's word, as we begin to grow spiritually in our lives, we begin to understand that, that we're not called to simply just sit in a pew on Sunday mornings. We are called to more than that. Now, What's happening while you're in those pews is an important thing, right? What's happening is you are being equipped. But as we are equipped, we're not equipped to, to stay still. We're not equipped to stay seated in that pew. We are being equipped for every good work. So here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, there's an expectation that as we love and as we grow, that then we're going to act. We are going to begin to serve. We are going to, be, uh, to begin to go. So a few years ago, my family and I, we went on a cruise. It, it, it was the first cruise we went on. It's the only cruise we've ever been on. But, but man, we really loved that cruise. It, it was a great experience. We got to pick all of these different shows for us to, to go to. 
And, and man, the food on those cruise ships, it's getting close to lunchtime, I'm getting hungry. The food on those cruise ships, man, we just had an endless supply. I, I'm pretty sure that every night at 11 p.m. we ate pizza, right? We broke all the rules <laughs> on the cruise. It, it was awesome. We, we love being on that cruise, but understand, the church is not a cruise ship. The church is a battleship. The church is not a cruise ship. The church is a battleship. And so my goal as your pastor is not to perform for you on Sunday morning so that you leave here feeling entertained. My goal as your pastor is to teach you God's word so that you leave here having been equipped. Our goal as believers and our goal as church members is not to be entertained, but to be equipped. Our goal as believers and our goal as church members is not to be entertained, but to be equipped. And as we are equipped, our next step is action. And as we think about this, this call on our lives to be moved to action, understand that our example has been set by God himself. Because as God looked at humanity... As God looked at our desperate state, as he saw our need in, in our sins, as he saw our need for a savior, for salvation, God didn't just stay seated on his throne in heaven. No, he acted. And so Jesus Christ, God the Son, came into this world and he went to the cross and he died for your sins and for mine. They laid his body in that tomb, but even then there was action because on the third day, God's spirit went back into that body, and that body was raised from the dead. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus walked out victoriously. Understand, God is not an inactive God. God is a God of action. And so as we think about this call on our lives, as believers and as church members, as we think about the call that God has given to us to be moved to action, understand, God modeled this for us First, he is a God of action and he calls us to be a people of action. But the first commitment that we have to make before we grow or before we act is to grow. And so if you're a member here at First Baptist Stockdale, if you are a believer, then understand there is a call on your life to grow. And I'm calling you to grow here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. Because this is who we are. But before you can grow, first you have to make a commitment to Jesus Christ to allow him to be the Lord of your life. And if you've never made that commitment, then I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your chance to respond this morning. If you're here today and you would say, you're talking about me. I've never given my life to Christ but today I heard that Jesus died for me. He rose again victoriously, and today I want to place my faith in him. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, then as we sing this song, I would invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front. Step out of your seat. Come and talk with me. Let's pray. Today can be the day of your salvation. Maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ, but, but maybe as you examine your own life, maybe you have not been growing in your walk with Christ, and maybe you need to make that commitment today. 
Maybe as you look at your own life, you would say, man, I've been struggling. I've been floundering it and I realize that's because I've not been studying God's word I've not been allowing the breath of life from God to be breathed into me and you just need to deal with God on that today you can do that right where you're at but if you need someone to pray with you then I'd be happy to do that you can respond as well and maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ but you've not taken that next step of baptism to publicly confess Jesus as Lord just as George did this morning. If you need to take that step of baptism, then I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk. Let's pray. We can make that commitment together today. Maybe you're here today and you would say you've given your life to Christ and you've already taken that next step of baptism and and you've been visiting First Baptist Stockdale and you know that God's calling you to make this your church home. As we've talked about who we are, as we've talked about the mission and purpose of First Baptist Stockdale, you know God's calling you to connect your life with this body of believers. So if that's you, I would invite you to respond as well. Let's talk, let's pray. Today, you can become a member here at First Baptist Church. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments, I would just encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.